right. Good evening. I get my glasses on. I'm getting old. Uh, I'm uh, happy to be here with you again this evening. Um, and this, you know, in this beautiful weather we're having. Um, I'm just thinking how old I'm getting. I don't even care about the rain anymore. I just think about my uh, how bad the roads are going to get. Um, and anyway, um, I want to thank uh, Carrie for allowing me to speak again. Um, and I just feel like I need to say this, but uh, you know, Carrie's a pastor at our church, and I've seen examples of pastors who are very protective of the the pulpit. But Carrie's always been open um, and allowed allowing those that feel like they they're called to speak. The freedom to do so, and I just thank him for that. Um, and before I begin, uh, as always, I'd like to begin with prayer. So would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you for another opportunity to stand here. I pray that you would move in this room and remove any thoughts from our minds of the world outside and any distractions or selfish desires. Um, replace our thoughts with your thoughts, and I pray that you would make my words yours. And I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so tonight, and I forgot to turn on. Carrie showed me how to do this, and I forgot to turn the light on. Um, tonight, before I start, i got to tell you a funny story, because I always like to tell this funny story before I get started. seems to help my nerves a little bit. But um, I was talking to Carrie a few weeks ago, and he asked me if I was ready to preach again, so I told him I was. And... Um, then we were talking about it last week, and he told me, and I told him, and I was having trouble trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about, and he suggested joy since it was the Advent theme for this coming week. And uh, if you were here last Sunday evening, Carrie asked everyone if they knew what the Advent theme was for Sunday. And I was sitting back there behind the computer, and I just blurted out joy, because I had just talked to him about it earlier that day. And all of a sudden, I look over, and Tyler and Missy looked at me like, how in the world did you know? <laughs> and uh, I just laughed. But um, I was talking to Missy about it the other day, and, and uh, laughing about it. She said I cheated. Well, I was not cheating. I just took advantage of some recent knowledge that I'd learned. Um, anyway, tonight, I, I want to talk to you about, you guessed it, joy. More specifically, why joy? Uh, Carrie touched on this topic this morning, and uh, you may hear a few things you already talked about, but I hope to bring up some things we, that we didn't talk about. Um, and as you can see in the title of the sermon, Why Joy, we'll look at several verses of Scripture, but we'll focus on uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. So why, why do we or sh- why should we have joy when we remember the reason we celebrate Christmas, and not just at Christmas, but all year round. Um, I'm probably not going to tell you anything that you don't already know, but I think it's very important as important that we, as the church, gather together and remember why we should remember the joy of Christmas. I don't know about you, but when, I, when this time of year approaches and everything starts speeding up, it's sometimes hard to slow down and remember remember why we should feel joy and remember the true reason for the season. You know, we all have our own distractions, and I can list several of mine right now, and they're probably not that different from you. Um, Stress of our schedule, too many things to do and never enough time to do them. 
Um, stress at my job. I'm sure everybody else has a job and their stress, their job is stressful. Um, difficulty and difficulty in family relationships. Um, I don't know about you, but my my family. Every time we start talking about trying to get together for the holidays, and that's usually Thanksgiving and Christmas, it devolves into me and my brothers trying to figure out when we could spare two hours together. And my mom ends up crying about it. So those are always fun. Um, stress about finances. Um, you know, thinking about, and these are just mine, and they're probably, like I said, similar to yours, but thinking about my children's futures. You know, not that thinking about your children's future is a bad, a bad thing, but overthinking it. And when that turns into worry or makes us lose focus on God, it can be bad. Another thing that's consumed a lot of time, uh, a lot of my time, is thinking about friends and family who are having health issues. You know, again, that's not uh, being concerned about a friend's health is isn't bad, but we're supposed—I mean, we're supposed to be concerned about our friend's health and family who are sick. But when that overthinking turns to worry, that's when it becomes a problem. Um, you know, same thing about political issues in our country and the world. I used to think about political stuff a lot. You can ask Missy, um, uh, but. That stuff just doesn't bother me anymore, but I still think about it, and sometimes it takes up too much time in my life. Um, something else that bothers me a lot is dwelling on my failure to do everything God wants me to do. Um, I know I'm forgiven, but when I fail to do what God wants me to do, especially the little things, it bothers me. And Satan is right there to make it worse than it is. He wants, you, he wants to make you or I feel like we're not good enough. And we've messed up too many times, and that steals our joy. And then, um, you know, I'm sure there are other people who have bigger issues than me going on in their lives. Some people are uh, wondering how they're going to pay their rent or mortgage or buy groceries. Some people are facing serious life-threatening illnesses. And some people around the world who are Christians even fear prison or worse on a daily basis. Almost every day I see a, social, a post on social media that some Christian in some faraway country is in prison for their faith. Um, it's hard with all those things constantly in our lives looming over us to always remember why we, ha- why we have joy or why we should have joy. So we have to remind ourselves that these things here on earth, no matter how bad they are, are all temporary. We have to remember where real joy is found, and it's not the temporary happiness we find in short-term conditions here on earth. As Christians, we need to remember our eternal hope and joy is in heaven and an eternal presence with God and not just focus on this life. I have a lot of favorite Christmas songs, but one of them is a song named Baby Boy by King and Country. And one of the verses goes like this. Oh, before that silent night, no Savior and no Jesus Christ. The world cried out so desperately, and the baby boy was the reply. Yes, heaven's reply was a baby boy. You know, God works in mysterious ways, and sending his son into the world as a baby is one of those mysterious ways. Well, I want to look at some of the verses that talk about that. And um, if you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. 
Verse 18 starts, and starts like this. Uh, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When we read about the story of Jesus' birth, a lot of different things come to mind. When I read about the miracles in God's word, one of the things that truly amazes me is how God chooses to work through ordinary men and women to accomplish his extraordinary will. In verses 18 through 19, and 19, think about the, these two things that happened here. First, Mary has to tell Joseph she's pregnant before they're married. So think about this. If Mary was engaged to the wrong man in Jewish tradition and according to Levitical law, it would have been permissible to have her stoned to death. I mean, think about that. that Mary is already pregnant with the Son of God and is dependent on what Joseph decides to do. And then the second thing is what Joseph decides to do. He's, but Joseph, being a righteous man, was going to divorce her secretly. And Joseph um, was going to assist Mary as much as he could without embarrassing her or worse. But he was still planning to divorce her. Then we read that Joseph was visited by an angel in a dream And the angel told him, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, Part of the miracle for me and the joy is knowing God used these two ordinary people and trusted them with his son, his only son. Think about it. Not only... Did God have to wait for the right time in world history with the Jews in Roman captivity and Roman influence in the world? But he also had to wait for these, the right two people to be engaged and right before they were to be married. And to think about the time span that the prophecies occurred in the events, in those events. I, mean, I think Carrie mentioned this this morning. Um, non-believers often like to complain about how God takes a long time to move or act. But just think about the logistical challenges of waiting for all those things to align. You go back and, and you can go back and read uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 16 to see how long the lineage is from Abraham to Joseph. From the time Abraham was born to the time Jesus was born was approximately 2,100 years. Part of the joy that should come from knowing all of the miracles that took place and the first was making sure Jesus was born to the right parents at the right time in history.
the other miracle was that Jesus was born according to verse 21 to save us from our sins. In verse 21, it says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Um, you know, I, li- I like to look at reels on Instagram all the time. and um, I heard something the other day on, on uh, I think, it, I can't remember if it was Instagram or Facebook, but it doesn't matter. Um, but I heard something on the social media the other day, and it went something like this. Um, For the Christian, earth is as close to hell as we'll ever get. But the person who is not a Christian, earth is as close to heaven as they'll ever get. Part of the joy that we should remember is that this place is a layover. It's a temporary stop. And we get to decide where our final destination will be, heaven or hell. And for the non-believer, this is as close to God as they'll ever get. God still works and moves in all people's lives on earth, but when you go to hell, you will be separated from God forever. And that's the opposite of joy. For the non-believer, if they die in that condition, that's it. There's nothing they can do after that. They are separated from God forever. But for us who are Christians, the one who trusts in Jesus and follows him, Jesus said in chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. This verse was right at the end of Jesus' ministry, and he knew he was about to finish his work on earth. So he knew he was about to conquer the world and Satan. Because of that, we know that we have joy. Because real joy started... Real joy started with his birth and was completed with his resurrection and ascension back to the Father. We have joy because we know that this life is temporary and we will never be separated from God. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says this, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Trials and tribulations produce endurance to complete the temporary race of life. And this also strengthens our faith. Then, so that faith helps us to remember, and that faith also helps us to remember our joy. And then... Um, the last verses that we read earlier from Matthew tell us that one, one of the Messiah's names is Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. In verses 22 through 23, it says this, Now all that took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, see the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. His very name means God with us. To know that God will always be with us from now through eternity should fill us with joy. Since God created man, sin has ruled over us and we have been a slave to it. But God had a plan all along and made a way to save us. And it came in the form of a baby boy. In Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 6 we read, Long ago, 
long ago to our ancestors. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting a little dry throat here. Uh, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. Sustaining all things by, by his powerful word and after making purifications for, sin, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became superior to the angels just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he, God, ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, And let God, all God's angels worship him. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And when he was born, that radiance of God's glory became flesh, you know, something we could actually see now. Um, like Kerry mentioned this morning, birth represents a new life and new hope. And this birth in particular was the pinnacle of new life and new hope. We were dead in our sins and hopeless to save ourselves, but Jesus resurrected our lives and brings hope to the sinner. Something else I like to think about is, is why don't we say Jesus brings happiness? Because there's a difference in happiness versus joy. Happiness is dependent on conditional things or experiences. That's why we can easily move from happy to sad. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I was happy FSU won the ACC championship. And by the next day, Sunday afternoon... I was probably more angry than sad, but I was definitely no longer happy when the college football playoffs were announced. Joy is different than happiness. As Christians, our joy is permanent because we are promised by God that he will never leave us, and all of this was made possible by a baby born to die. Um, Another one of my favorite Christmas songs is a song named uh, Born to Die by Bebo Norman. And I want to close by reading a part of that song, if I can get through it, sorry. <clears throat> angels, and the angels filled the sky, and all of heaven wondered why. Why their king would choose to be, be a baby born to die. Be a baby born to die to break the chains of guilt and sin, to find us here, to pull us in. So we can join in heaven's song and with one voice surround the throne. And all the angels fill the sky, and I can't help but wonder why. Why this king would choose to be a baby born for me. Be a baby born, be a baby born to die. Would you pray with me? 
<clears throat> Father, you are the creator, creator of the universe. There is no other God but you. We can't even begin to comprehend all you know and do. You have no beginning or end, and your power is unimaginable. You hold the universe together and sustain everything in it, and yet you love us and want a relationship with us. You proved this by sending your son into the world to not only become like us, but to die for us. We can never worship you enough or thank you enough for all you do and for the unimaginable gift of your son, Jesus. I just pray that as we get closer to the day we set aside to celebrate your son's birth, that you would draw us close to you and to the permanent joy we all share in knowing that we are one with you and we will never be separated from you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.